would you guys treat me the same if I had like a whole, what do you call that? The horseshoe thing? The uh, <laughs> hair island is what Jimbo called his. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm talking about the hair, but like the. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, I, mean, I would treat, like, I would treat like you the same. Moses parted the river. What I would need is for you to grow out your hair like how you had it before, though, with the horseshoe. Look right now. Imagine if I was like, if I walked around and I had no hair. <laughs> this uh, this website has a, like, collectively has a nice set of hair. Like, all four of us, like, have, like, full heads of hair. It's pretty, like, I'm starting a little bit back there I'm worried about, but we're okay. Get me to 40. Get me to 40. I look like a, uh, like a Sims character <laughs> yeah honestly with with the lighting and not having the hair you look a little sickly i'm not gonna lie it's the lighting i mean <laughs> it's just this light above me welcome to on the bench i'm brendan sinone i'm joined by josh newberg Christopher Nee and Zach Blostein. Hail, hail. The gang is all here. Fellas, let's get right to it. The energy is good pre-show, pre-recording, so I just want to hit the ground running. There's a lot to talk about in the world of FSU recruiting. Spring practices started. Chris Nee is up in Greensboro. God bless you, Christopher Nee, to cover FSU and the ACC tournament. Uh, But let's start off with recruiting because we only have Zach for a short period of time because he is an FSU student. He's got classes to go to. Zachary, you, you dropped some some major scoopage the other day on MJ Morris, four-star quarterback, quarterback out of the Atlanta area, naming FSU as a leader. So I will hand the baton off to you and let all you guys talk about quarterbacks and recruiting and whatnot. But but explain to the folks, Zach, what MJ told you about FSU. Yeah, so um what made you know what made me interested in trying to contact MJ that day, um, because we talk pretty often, but um, his dad actually did an interview with um, 247 Sports, uh, you know, national guy, Steve Wolfong. And he basically said that, um, you know, MJ had the closest relationship with FSU staff just because of um, Kenny Dillingham and, and their um, ties back at Auburn. But he didn't outright say that um, his dad did not outright say that, you know, MJ's leading school was uh, Florida State. But I, I hit up MJ and he broke the news to me um, that uh, they were his they were his leader right now, and he basically attributed that to that what his dad was talking about with his longstanding relationship with Coach Dillingham and the fact that Dillingham offered him at Auburn, and then right when he got to Florida State, he was also offered. Um, so that relationship is basically just what's what's differentiating um, things from other schools right now from Florida State. And I think, you know, MJ's got a little bit to go in his recruitment. Um, he's kind of noticed that a lot of quarterbacks are coming off the board. Um, I think one of our guys posted that like six of the top 20 um, quarterbacks are uncommitted right now. So people are trying, like quarterbacks are trying to find their spots in these um, schools classes. Like this is how it usually goes. Obviously it's, it's a, it's an early game for quarterback recruiting, but yeah, MJ's realized that. So it looks like he'll make a decision before May or, um, you know, maybe in the middle of May. And I think uh, he's trying to get to Florida State. Um, he told me he'll be there or he'll try to make it for the um, spring game on April 10th. And then he's trying to hit, I think, Stanford, Georgia Tech and um, Nebraska in April as well. And after taking those 
four visits, um, I believe a decision won't be far off. Hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about the dominoes at the quarterback position falling, and you're seeing it happen right now. Florida gets their guy over the weekend. Clemson and Alabama got their guy recently. Um, it's a game of musical chairs at the quarterback position. You know, none of these guys want to be caught when the music stops without a, without a spot. And we're kind of seeing some, some spots fill up. Um, we know AJ Duffy hasn't put a, a direct timetable on his commitment, Chris, um, but FSU is involved, whether it's a smoke screen for Arizona state or not, we don't know, but how do you think Florida state uh, specifically coach Dillingham and coach Norvell kind of play this last this last spot at the quarterback position? Well, I would say you've positioned yourself pretty well if your options are A.J. Duffy or M.J. Morris. Um, you can't really go wrong with either. I think two mm-hmm. of the two of them are two of the better quarterbacks you're going to find in the country. Plus, you already got Nico in hand, a bird in the pocket type deal. So they've done a very good job with quarterback recruiting. The intention has always been to get two high schoolers in this class. That's been the word from the get-go. That, that was also the word when they landed Nico. And it looks pretty good for them pulling that off. I think that we're going to have a pretty clear picture here over the next 30 days between the end of the month when Duffy may make a decision and the middle of next month for FSU spring game when hopefully Morris is able to make it to campus. Do you, would it, let's talk more about Duffy in, in this, uh, the top, whatever, what would he put out? Like a top four? Yeah, top five? It, was, it was FSU, Oregon, Arizona State, Michigan State. Or I'm sorry, FSU, Oregon, Michigan State, Penn State. Arizona State was not notably. This came after crystal balls were entered for Arizona State, which has led to the belief, and I believe it is with some foundation, that it was sort of a misdirection, redirection because of the crystal balls for Arizona State. (laughs) And information I've been able to gather and talking to different people about it, whether on the FSU side or the Duffy side, familiar with Duffy, et cetera, is that it is Arizona State, FSU, Michigan State is sort of that order. I think we just saw Oregon take a quarterback. They took, uh, what, Tanner Bailey from Alabama, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So that kind of speaks to them. I don't think Penn State's a major contender here. They also recently got a quarterback commitment. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, he wants to play early. That's probably the most important thing to him in his entire recruitment. Arizona State had done a very good job with him. FSU has also done a very good job with him. Kenny Dillingham's led that charge, built a very good, strong relationship with young man, as well as his father, who's a crucial piece of the recruitment. So it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. But I think FSU's done an excellent job of not getting trapped, where if it does play out for Arizona State, that they're kind of left in the cold. Yeah, let's say it is Arizona State, just for the sake of uh, this conversation. Let's say Duffy uh, pulls off the smokescreen, commits to Arizona State here, he put the timetable in somewhere in March. So we're somewhere in March. Say he does it in the next couple of weeks. Now Florida state's looking really at a board of MJ Morris and Taven Jackson, right? Would you say those were, are the top two remaining if Duffy's out? Yeah. When Nico committed that, that's what we wrote was Duffy one Morris two Jackson three in that order. I think that still persists and is very true to this date. So probably first come first serve between Jackson and Morris. If Duffy's yeah. off the board. Jackson's another kid who wants to get down here for a visit. I actually reached out to him again yesterday just to see if those plans are any more firmed up. He's mentioned that in the past to Steve Wiltfong, and he also mentioned it when he got the offer from FSU to me. Um, you know, Jackson's one of those guys whose recruitment's a little bit more in the infancy stage as compared to these uh, two guys we're talking about. So I, I think that's kind of the best way to view it. I think FSU's done a phenomenal job of stacking the board in a correct order with excellent options. 
that are going to kind of play themselves out without them getting into a pickle. Around the horn, let's go. Uh, you only got spot for one more. Obviously, Nico Markiel's in the boat. Uh, if you had to choose one or the other, A.J. Duffy, M.J. Morris, you get one of the Jays. Which one? Speaking of Jays, Josh, you go first. I'll take M.J. Morris. Chris? I think Duffy is a slightly better player. I think they're both excellent players, but I would actually take M.J. Morris over Duffy because of where he's from yep. and also the personality and the way he plays the game. I think it's an excellent compliment to Nico, um, but they're both great players. Zachary? Yeah, I would say MJ Morris, just because kind of what Chris said, I think it's easier to keep a guy committed that's in the state of Georgia than two guys out West that are, you know, originate from out West. That's probably why I would pick Morris. And also maybe I agree with you guys too. Uh, not that anyone cares because I got three recruiting experts and in, in Sonone on here, but uh but yeah, having someone from the Atlanta area, I think is is one, it's easier because he's closer to keep recruiting him, but then also like connections there. Maybe you can help out with other recruits down the road too. It just helps create more organic ties to an area that you're really trying to, to build in. Uh, sticking in the Georgia area, Zach, you caught up with Jerron Willis, the linebacker from Leesburg. We've talked about him a little bit now on the podcast, but uh, some news here because he, well, I'll let you uh, fill the people in, Zachary. Uh, Zach, you're killing it, by the way, buddy. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to Willis last night and he broke the news to me that he was actually in Tallahassee last weekend. Um, he said he was just going down there with his uncle for uh, a shopping spree. I think at Governor Square Mall is like what it sounded like. And he stopped by Florida State and he and his uncle just decided, oh, we'll just, you know, give it give it a little tour. They, they walked around campus. Um, they were, you know, outside the stadium and they looked at the player housing. So um, they got a little you know, a little tour of what, um, you know, Florida state's about, obviously they can't interact with any coaches on campus. They can't enter the facilities, but, um, you know, it's still a good sign that he was down that way. It's only a one hour drive from where he lives in, um, Leesburg, uh, Georgia. And, you know, he said, uh, to me that distance is going to play a factor in his recruitment. So the fact that he got over there and just, um, the fact that it's, you know, so close to home, is definitely a good sign for Florida State. And, the, and we got a full update on him where he talks about, you know, who, who's involved with him and just uh, Florida State in general on those 24-7 right now. Before we move on, I need an update. Uh, there's been some action on the crystal ball. Both Zach and Brendan have have entered some picks. Uh, Zach, you entered – you put in a show pick, which was very exciting, and all the listeners loved it. Um had people in the DMs telling me how exciting that was. What other yeah. picks have you put in? Yeah, so um, I put in a pick for uh, athlete Thomas Castellanos, um, who got an FSU offer, I think it was last month. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, like he plays quarterback in high school and they like him as kind of that athlete who can play multiple positions on offense. And I think um, after speaking with people close to him, um, I think that he could be close to a decision and I, and I like where FSU stands there. So I decided to, um, you know, enter a crystal ball on him. I think a decision could come, um, pretty soon here. Not sure the exact uh, timeline. I'm, I'm going to try and get up with him, um, you know, within the week and see what's up there. But yeah, I think Florida state's looking good. And then the other one was, um, recently offered receiver out of, uh, Dillard high school, um, Devon Mortimer. And, you know, he, well, I, you know, wrote an update on him right after they offered, I think it was the day after. 
and he was basically saying, you know, he was kind of ready to commit um, to Florida State after they offered. That it's an offer he's been waiting for his entire life. Um, he said, you know, he grew up watching Florida State, and um, it only helps that his teammate, um, top two four seven defensive end Nigel Kelly, is also committed to FSU. Mm-hmm. So that um, combined with, you know, his love for the school is just um, pulling him in that direction. But he said he might hold off a little bit, see how they communicate with him and then, um, you know, make a decision from there. I get it. Um, but I did check with the source um, on the FSU side of things, and I was told that he is a take. Um, but I understand, you know, Nigel Lee Kelly's getting some interest. Uh, FSU also now offers a Dillard teammate and and maybe how that looks, but I am told that, you know, <clears throat> if he wanted to commit, then, then he could. So I anticipate FSU continuing to recruit him, but I understand from his perspective why he would do that. Brendan, did you uh, enter any different crystal balls or you just follow up on Zach's? Well, I totally piggybacked on Zach's Thomas Castellanos pick. That's what uh, I figured. But it was mainly because of the timeline uh, that, that Zach was saying, okay, like maybe you know, if a decision is coming soon, like FSU was the most recent big offer for him, uh, the, the ties yeah. that he has regionally to FSU. That's just connecting dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I totally jumped off on, on Zach's information there. Uh, but you know what? I was first on Devon Mortimer. No one wants to talk about that, though, right? There's you were of- first, but sweet baby. I got a question for Chris. If Castellanos yeah. commits to Florida State, does that ensure us of an off season of answering the question <laughs> of what position will he play? Could he play quarterback for us? Will they Is give him a, a shot at quarterback? Box that, defensive are we just end. Locking ourselves into an off season full of that. Where, where's Chris going? I don't know. You had to make a quick switch here. With the, what was uh, that, Chris? That was the uh, wife calling the cell phone. So oh, sorry to pick up wife as you let listen. Caressa <laughs> know. <laughs> Important things are happening. Um, you just I, did it with so much urgency. Like you turned around. Like I thought someone was like trying to break into the room. No, God, I don't think anybody would want to break into this place. Um, <laughs> Castellanos, I mean, he's an offensive athlete. I'm going right. to answer that the same way. I may actually cut and paste that and just save it to a word processor spreadsheet type deal and just cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. Cause that's all I'm ever going to say. He's an offensive athlete. Mm. Do I think he'll throw a pass in his FSU, yes. FSU career? Yes, I do. I do. So, <laughs> quarterback. Oh God. But he's an offensive athlete. So it begins. Can we like change our crystal balls now just so we don't have to answer all this? Like maybe we just like, will it, then he'll go somewhere else. Or, should, or we just lean into it. Like whenever somebody asks, we're just like, yeah, maybe, I'll, you know, quarterback, uh-huh. running back. Yeah, they'll give him a shot. Could let, be. The, let's the day def- FSU let, gets another actual traditional quarterback commitment, we'll just be like, hey, three quarterback commitments. Yeah, I was going to say, let's lean into him just we, being a hardcore we've quarterback. We've lived this life before. <laughs> Hi, Kai Loxley. How are you? Yeah. Um, we've, we've done this before. Uh, so just to add a little bit on more and more excellent special teams player. I think that plays a role in the FSU interest as well. He's one of the better kick return and punt returns. Also, a lot of people view him as one of the better slots in the state. All right, sticking with running backs. So we've got Castellanos as like someone who we think is trending towards FSU right now. Uh, is he a running back? Is he an athlete? Is he a wide receiver? Is he a quarterback? I don't know. He does a lot of things. Uh, Zach put in the, the show crystal ball for Jalen Glover. Uh, a teammate of Sam McCall last episode. And then Demory Alston's a four-star running back from the Atlanta area who is high on FSU as well as that caught up with him. Uh, so those are three running backs. Uh, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there into the, the ether and see which one of you wants to come up with something. 
how many running backs do we think they're taking in this class? Does Castellanos, like, if he commits first, does that eliminate a spot for Glover Alston? Uh, so let's try to kind of flesh this out, what we think is happening here on the running back board as of now. I think they intend to take two. I think Castellanos counts towards that two. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best two out of those three, and I, they view all three as pretty dang good players. So, you know, if Glover wants a spot, I think he might take it pretty quickly. Same with Castellanos. Does that put Austin in the cold? Maybe. That's probably a Mike Norvell answer that only he can really answer that. That turns into a plus one kind of situation. Is that kid worth taking and sacrificing potentially another spot somewhere else because we're exceeding what our board originally said we probably need at the position? Zach, you talked to Austin. Uh, you're going to write that sometime in the next couple of days here on Knowles 24-7. You guys kind of wait and check out for, check that out. Uh, but any any intel or anything real quick that you want to drop on Austin? Yeah, I mean, he was just – he was high on um, FSU running back coach David Johnson. Um, and I think Florida State's in a good spot there. But I, I really do think there's a lot of big schools in on him compared to um, maybe Glover or uh, Castellanos thus far. But I, but I think that a lot of schools like his tape a lot, his junior tape. And, um, you know, Florida State's doing a good job there, but there's a lot of competition for that one. So I think um, – you know, and, and right now, I think they're in a better spot for the other two, obviously, the crystal balls in. But I think um, he's a guy they'll, they'll keep tabs on for sure if those two, other two make commitments. And his timeline was sometime in the summer, he said? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. And he said, like, latest he'll go is, um, uh, like, right before the season. So June or July is probably where he'll make that decision. Hey, Zach. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. Yep. I'm obsessed. Always. I, I, I started watching that like four days ago, and I think I've gone through like 100 episodes. He's called me about it twice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dave Portnoy just eats the pizza like a savage, and I just can't get enough of it. He just – he I don't know how he fits it all. It's incredible. Anyways. All right. Uh, I think that's everything for recruiting front. Can we get Zach out of here? I mean, Zach, you're welcome to stay, but I know you got, you got to, you're a scholar. You got to go to class and whatnot. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Maybe I'll see you later today at spring practice. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, Zach. We're going to take a quick commercial break and uh, then we're going to talk some spring practice, some hoops and uh, get out of here. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to On the Bench. Thank you again to young Zach Blostein for providing us with some great tea here on this fine Thursday morning. So uh, as it's Thursday, we are going to have some 
day two spring practice coverage for you guys later in the evening if you're listening to this in the morning or the afternoon uh, and some really cool news uh, we're actually going to be able to watch practices Josh, you must have been listening to your your suggestions on the podcast about putting us on the Dick Hauser Stadium and uh, and letting us watch from up there. Yes, I appreciate the uh, the listens and please rate us five stars on iTunes. But yeah, no, it, it just made too much sense. Like we have people in the baseball stadium covering baseball. Why can't we turn around the other way and cover football? It just you know, I'm I'm glad I'm not you know. I understand the liabilities and all that and the times we're in, but it made, it makes sense. Apparently we weren't the only show that had said we were very nice compared to some other shows were apparently more forceful in in their critiques of, of not letting us. So I'm, I'm appreciative of FSU for letting us be out there. I'm excited to actually see it with my own two eyes. We haven't gotten to see practice in a year. So awesome. but before, before we get to that, and I want to do some spring football topics, Chris is up in Greensboro, North Carolina. So he's traveling. I want to give this, give him the platform to talk about FSU hoops as the ACC tournament begins for the Knowles today, uh, this evening. So Christopher, uh, go ahead and get your, your passion project out of the way here for us, please. So we can get to things that really matter. That hurts. <clears throat> Florida state who's the number two seed in the ACC tournament has enjoyed their double buy. They're now rolling in the play. They'll play number 10 seed Duke tonight, 6 30 PM on ESPN. Duke made it here after winning both in the first and the second round. It's weird to think of a Duke basketball team playing in those first two rounds, but here we are. First round, they beat up on lowly Boston College. Pretty, yeah, meaningless game. It was pretty clear that Duke was going to win that one from the get-go. Last night, they really took it to Louisville. They beat Louisville, who was actually the higher seed, number seven seed in the tournament, 70-56. to Center Mark Williams, seven-foot-one-ish kid who has like a seven-five wingspan, had a 23 and 19 game, 23 points, 19 boards. He was pretty unbelievable. Louisville had no answer for him. He was bouncing around the room, just getting things done. A lot of second chance points created by him, just causing havoc. And then Matthew Hurt kind of did his thing, his normal 20 points per outing type of deal. You know, he's one of the leading scorers in the ACC. He's averaged in that ballpark. So, yeah, FSU versus Louisville tonight for a trip to the semifinals. The winner of this game will face the winner of number three seed Virginia Tech against number six seed North Carolina. North Carolina last night played their first game in the tournament, beating up on Notre Dame. Uh, went on about a 47-3 like three run to end that game. It was nuts. 101-51, I think, was the final somewhere in that ballpark. It was a non-competitive game. Notre Dame, you know, they, uh, they enjoyed their regular season finale a little bit too much, I think, and didn't really have any business. But, hey, I, I, I move on from what was a – really poor loss for FSU. You weren't, you weren't hurt. You weren't hurt by that at all. Emotionally. I was aggravated because FSU squandered a great opportunity by playing dreadfully bad. And there's no real excuse. They just played poorly. It looked like they weren't ready for the moment and they certainly didn't play well. They didn't shoot it. Well, truthfully probably had their worst shooting game of the season and their defense was willful against a Notre Dame team that they knew they had to defend in a certain fashion. Pretty That's cool a, place, though, where FSU has arrived, though, Chris. Like, think about four years ago. Yeah, that, like, that we're pissed off that we didn't win yes. the ACC because we squandered the last game. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, yeah, we're here. But when the opportunity presents itself, you got to cash in on it. Yeah. It's pretty important, in my opinion, for FSU to come out and play at a high level. Um, one, Duke's playing better ball over these last two games after finishing the regular season on a bit of a whim after playing a little better ball just before they went on what I believe was a three-game losing streak. Uh, the Mark Williams kid will be a problem if FSU's bigs don't want to body up and play hard tonight. He'll get it done. He's playing better ball with each game he plays. Matthew Hurt's going to get his. Uh, Duke only played 
basically six guys last night. They had two play 22, 23 minutes, and then everybody else of the other four were 35-plus minute type players. So they're not particularly deep, and they're playing their third game in three days. FSU is deep, so hey, take advantage of that. But FSU's defense better show up tonight. They better play good ball. Truthfully, I think FSU needs to be playing on Saturday at this tournament to kind of prove who they are. We'll see where the chips fall on Saturday, I presume, versus between them and Virginia more than likely um, if they were to get there. So, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm looking forward to it. I enjoy the ACC tournament. It's an awesome event. There's some fans in the building, which adds a little bit to the atmosphere, but it's still weird. And is today the one-year anniversary of standing on the court watching FSU get a trophy because everything in the world had stopped? Oh, it's got to be right around there, right? Either today oh, you mean the one-year anniversary of me being on my snowboarding trip and driving up to the mountains <laughs> only to let's be a, returning home in two days? Let's all – you know what? Let's take a second to reflect on exactly where we were the day that this FSU right. and the sports world uh, went stopped. I'll, I'll start – I, I was my, here. No, I, I want to get to you last, Chris, because I think yours is the most exciting. Mine's the most boring. I was in uh, California Chicken Grill after spring practice, uh, watching, transcribing while watching the game begin on TV and then seeing the warm-ups uh, stop and then them getting the weird trophy. I'm like, oh, this is weird. And then I started thinking, like, shit, maybe I shouldn't be in a restaurant right, <laughs> right now. So that was my story. Chris, you were actually there. Yeah, I was courtside watching – the team warm up, watching Mike Bradley's strength and conditioning coach, then talk to the team as they were getting pulled off the court and then seeing, you know, Swafford make his way down and the trophy presentation with all the weirdness on the court. What, what all of us collected very tightly together wearing no mask. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was weird. It stunk because that FSU team had major, major capabilities of making a major run in March. It wasn't fun. Hopped in the car, went to Wilmington for a couple of days, and then drove back to Tallahassee with nothing to do and started arguably the weirdest march in my life mm-hmm. because usually March is nuts for me. I've got baseball going on. I've got hoops. We've got spring football. Recruiting's in full swing because kids are on campus. And then here I am just hanging out in my pool, drinking beer, and spending time with my wife and kids. So awful. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was just unique. It was different. I really got to know those people. Hmm. Yeah, March was it was kind of cool early on when everyone's quarantined. It was like this is fun, and then you're like in July, you're like, all right, let's get this show on the road. Joshua, you were in the Alps somewhere. Um, I was on on the second day of an eight day vacation from from this place, and I'd flown to Denver for two days to stay with a buddy, and we were driving from Denver on the second day to Beaver Creek Mountain, and we were in the middle of the two and a half hour commute up into the mountains. So my service was spotty, like in and out. And it was all happening in the group chat. Like Chris comes in and said, Hey, they're pulling these guys. So I don't have any other way to follow it except on Twitter and on the group chat. And it was just like all crumbling. And here I am like 10, 15 minutes at a time where I have no service at all. And then I come back to like a four text messages and boy, did I feel the same way? Like, wow, I'm, I'm just going up to these mountains right now and the whole world is kind of falling apart <laughs> and nothing we could do. But yeah, it was the beginning of a, a very, very odd month of March. Yeah, I, I, the night before I was watching the UNC game at the tournament, and that's when the NBA started shutting down. And I remember that being like the moment of like, yeah, I'm not convinced this is going to continue to happen. And I remember truthfully thinking in the moment that, 
you know, maybe the tournament gets delayed a couple months and we play it over the summer months. Obviously, that wasn't going to be the case. But in the immediacy, the early hours of dealing with all that, of the sports world shutting down, that's what went through my head regarding FSU basketball because, obviously, that's what I was very focused on at that moment. All right, so one more thing about hoops, and then we'll move on to a new game I just created like 10 minutes ago, and it's probably going to be awful, but we'll see. We're going to try it out, right? Uh, so, Chris, you're of the opinion. I want to make sure, though, because some people like are saying that FSU is, is a little banged up right now, maybe could use some rest. Uh, you're of the opinion, though, that that a little bit of a, a mini run here in the ACC tournament and getting some positive momentum would probably behoove FSU more for the NCAA tournament to, to kind of get some things figured out than, say, just – losing tonight and, and having a few extra days off. Yeah. I'm not here for the Arizona number one seed silver Fox. Let's just, you know, opt out of the tournament to focus on the bigger tournament. I'm not here for that for FSU. Yeah. MJ has been banged up a little bit. Malik rolled his ankle. This is basketball. This is what happens. You play 20, 30 games. Guys are going to get banged up. FSU needs to play good basketball. They need to play good defense more than anything. Defense travels. When you hit the NCAA tournament, it doesn't matter how rested you are in reality. It matters more, one, matchups, and two, how are you going to play? And to me, I think this sets the tone for what they're going to be next week. Mm. All right. You guys ready to play this game? You don't even know what it sure. is yet. All I'll right. appease you. I'm here for it. Let's I, do this. I think you'll enjoy it because it's going to kind of fit some of the things that you enjoy in life. It's called buy or Sinone. So instead of buy or sell, it's going to be buy or Sinone. And basically, I'm going to throw out a narrative to you guys, something being talked about here in, in spring practice or before spring practice. You're going to tell me whether you're, you're buying it, whether you're emotionally like investing it and like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I'm i cool with it. That that sounds reasonable or so no, no. Are these no, your storylines or these like? Yes. Actual so. storylines. It's going to be an integration. Is of something all sorts special of... brewing in Tallahassee? That's the first one. Is something special brewing in Tallahassee? Buy or Sinone? For now, also known. Damn you. Sorry. I'm buying. All right. More seriously now, I'm just going to paraphrase here. So basically, he was asked about the quarterback competition yesterday on the booster meeting uh, and whether it was going to uh, go into the fall or be kind of figured out here in the spring. Didn't give a direct answer on it. Basically made it sound like, yeah, the, the off season and fall though are probably going to be part of evaluating the four quarterbacks. So quarterback competition going, Chris, I know you're a proponent of it being in the spring, uh, going past the spring into preseason camp. Buy or Sinone? I'll buy because he has said that and Kenny Dillingham similarly said something about timeline possibly going on. I think some of it is the the goal of keeping four guys in that room. Um, I would prefer it to be decided in the spring. I think it would be beneficial for many reasons I've laid out in previous podcasts, but the idea that I want doesn't have to jive with what I think they might actually do. So I'll go ahead and buy. I'm going to Sonone it, which means Mackenzie Milton's the starter. <laughs> That's what Sononing it this means. Is, this this is a, I mean, I'm okay with this. It's such a confusing game and I, I like it. I think this is right on brand. I'm very excited about the potential of this. If someone wants to sponsor buyers to own, um, slide in my Come DMs. On and buy it. Buy or Sinone. Darius Washington, the most improved player of FSU's uh, preseason workouts. Chris, buy or Sinone? I'll buy. I mean, kids had an offseason to actually work for the first time in his career. So we know he has a good work ethic. We know he cares. That's half the battle. So, 
I think the fact he's he's been able to get in the weight room, been able to work with Coach Storms, been able to devote himself fully to doing it for the first time. Yeah, I, I can see that making a big improvement for him because he's got talent. It's just always been a matter of he's kind of been behind the eight ball because he's only really been available in the fall, and even then he's been banged up at times. I'm going to Sonone it. I think Babion's been the most improved. How high is he going to be on your list, Josh? Whoa. One or two, and it ain't going to be two. <laughs> someone was it Norvell was saying, or was it maybe it was Kenny, but someone the other day during the press conference was talking about like staff continuity and like, yeah, these guys have had a different scheme every single year they've been here. Well, maybe except for Bavion, <laughs> they were able to go back to Bavion, but like, oh, he had yeah, Bavion's the only 60 year senior on the, on the roster, super senior on the offense, on the offense. Yeah, uh, Emmett Rice has been here for a, a while too. Bye, Orson Ome. Pictures of Joshua Burrell mossing people at practice. See the real deal? Are we buying hype that Josh Burrell might might do some things this year? Buy or Sonone? I'm Sononing it. <laughs> Which means buy. I'm buying it. Because <laughs> you create the hype, so I'm Sononing it. I'll buy it because I think he can win in a phone booth. At the very least, I think he's going to be able to toss some people around as a blocker this year, like pretty early on in his career. I think I think he's you're seeing some signs of him being competitive. We heard good things about him uh, in the offseason program, and then obviously you see the squatting, and now you're like, hey, he's making plays in practice. I think he's going to be able to mix it up, be a good blocker. I, I'm not supposed to answer this, but I'm buying it myself. The only question I'm asking. Uh, by Orson known, Jermaine Johnson being a badass off the edge, hearing good things after day one. Do I even need to answer this? Bye. I feel I feel like I'm the president of fan club. Bye, baby. Bye. Um, I'm gonna buy this one. All right. It's not as fun when you guys are I like what I saw in this single IG clip that has made the rounds on Twitter. I'm all in. FSED looking... had a good spring last year in those three practices, too. I hear. Uh, but no, seriously, I think Jermaine Johnson's the best DN FSC's had since Brian Burns. He can bend. He can bend people. That means something. Uh, he had an inside move. I saw an inside move. <laughs> you know how excited I got for an inside move. Uh, all I right. I forgot what those looked like. Last one here of by Orsadode. This is a quote directly from Jordan Travis. I feel like we are paying attention to the little things now a lot more. Guys are committed, and you can just see it when someone walks into the building. Their shoulders are up. Their headphones are out. Earrings are out. Hats are off. You can just see the guys are starting to buy in and starting to trust Coach Norvell for sure. Here's the big part of the quote. I feel like everybody. I feel like he has everybody's trust now. Guys are behind him. We support him, and we just want to be successful. I feel like he has everybody's trust now. That quote in general, by or Sinone? I'm letting Josh take this first because I'm just intrigued by his answer. Uh, I'm Sinoning it. Um I think the better question is, last year we saw three player-led revolts during the offseason. Wait, wait, wait. First off, there's no better question than Byers Sinone. So there, there's not a better question, but we'll continue with your train of thought. Under, over on player-led revolts. I know what this quote <laughs> says. I know what Jordan Travis is saying, but we all heard the kumbaya speeches after every dust-up last year as well. Like, you know, they would all come out and say, we had a great talk. We know each other better. Uh Two weeks later, we have another revolt on our hands, another coup, if you will. <laughs> so the under over on player led revolts at one and a half. Under. I, I'll take the under. I presume by Josh's negativity towards it. I am Sinoning it, but not no! without much. 
and with not as with as much uh, just expectation of disappointment as Newberg. I am so I, jaded by these guys. It's just a little too hype. It's a little too hype machine for me. Um, I do. I think there's buying. Yeah, I do. Do I think they're in a better place than they were a year ago? Yes, I do. I think that comes with the gutting of the roster and kind of flipping things over. But there's a lot of new faces in these parts, and there's still a lot of learning one another. So, like, uh, I'm going to hit the brake a little bit on it. All right, that's it for Byers Sinone. What do we think? Is that is that a keeper? We can, we can hash it out a little bit. We can it. If it makes Josh take it and just go <laughs> full revolution, I'm here for it every time. Um, I'm going to Sinone it. Okay, so so you're selling doing it again? Yeah. yeah, I think we I think we should keep doing this. Uh, Anything for you, buddy. All right. Uh, so I, I do want to address like one thing, one or two things here before we wrap up uh, about spring practice, spring coverage. But let, let's kind of we were joking about it, but the actual like the hype machine and, and we're part of it. I'm part of it. I'm writing about it. Uh, and it's funny, like I tried to write about it like tongue in cheek uh, the other day, which basically like I feel like I'm ready to be hurt again by this by this team. Uh, I understand that it's lying season. I understand that this fan base has been hurt before. Josh seems jaded as hell right now. So I, I get <laughs> all of it. Uh, when I say there's signs of buy in and there seems like there's positive things to to take away, like I get we're looking through the microscope of a Twitter video clip of five seconds. Like I, I understand the context completely. Uh, I don't think this is going to be more than a six or seven win team, just based on talent, based on still trying to figure things out. We're still very early on in this process of them trying to see what working and what's not, but I do think they're going in the right direction. I, I will be serious and say, I do think that this team is going in the right direction under Mike Norvell. I have confidence in him as a coach and a program manager uh, so yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that fair? I think that's reasonable. So I think they're going in the right direction. That's when I say something special brewing. I don't mean like soon. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's a path to getting this thing righted and, and it's a couple year process, but it's, it's on that path. If you can't be optimistic in March, when the hell are you going to be optimistic? Yeah, Josh, when are you going to be optimistic? I am optimistic. I mean, I read Sinone's column and the only words that came to mind were we want Bama. I can be optimistic and jaded at the same time. I am very optimistic. I mean, I, hell, if there's anybody that – Josh you know, is just that complex. But that, that doesn't even make sense. You can't be – those are two contradicting – No, 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 no. I can be because Florida State recruiting <laughs> is on fire right now. The momentum they, they have on is on fire. I might not be as optimistic that the current roster is the thing that's going to turn this all around – but between the current roster coming together and, you know, I, I do think that this team is closer than as a, as a unit than they were a year ago at this time, couple that with recruiting. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic right now. That's what I'm saying. Like when, when I say something special, I'm not saying that this is going to be a team that, that turns it all around. This is, it looks like things are on track. There's a path to getting it back, and I think they're on track. I think they. You called me this morning and told no. me to book my trip to uh, no, North Carolina not. for the ACC championship game. That's not that true. Game. You would never go travel anywhere to cover this team. Oh wow! <laughs> he, just, he just he just wouldn't. He, he just. I'm wouldn't. going to Orlando this weekend to go cover AJ Duffy. You would go to cover recruiting. I'm just saying that you wouldn't want to go to North Carolina to cover FSU football. Uh, by or Sinone. I'm Sinoning that. <laughs> I'm synoning that. Allison, I mean, Allison's really low-key creepily like travel. peering into the room. 
I uh, <laughs> that, that was like that had like a slight like ring vibe. Like the door opened really slowly, and then like a head just kind of peered out through. Yeah. Don't tell Allison Sorry. I said that she was creepy just now. I uh, I accepted long ago, at least a year ago, that FSU was very much in a rebuild mode, and that point was driven home in the fall last year. They're still in rebuild mode, but I think they are rebuilding it. Chris, Byer Sinone, the email you got the other day from FSU saying that media availability, uh, there'd, be, there'd be access to practice and realizing you weren't going to be here for like the first three of them. Byer Sinone, that emotion. I was uh, sort of humored by that. I don't, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I was going to drive, drive that man, man crazy. I'm a man that plans in advance. I can't <laughs> help myself. Okay, sorry. I, I either do things irrationally at the very last moment or I plan weeks in advance. There's no middle ground for me. And this time of year, it's usually very much in advance. So I just I, I, might, be back, I might be back for next Thursday. So that might be the first one for me to see. All right. I'm looking forward to actually being able to see it and being able to do some practice reports. Uh, I do want to let people know there's some things we like that they ask us not to report about. So if there's an injury, we got to ask Mike Norvell about it first. Uh, depth chart stuff, we can't say, hey, there's a first team, second team. No, we could talk about like, hey, this offensive line combination is working together. You can use context clues, I guess, to figure it out. Uh, I can say someone's working like a, in the slot a little bit here, but I can't say like, hey, they got like a three running back set where this guy's is. So, so there's just some different things to to kind of be mindful of in our reporting as as we're putting that out there. There's only so much information we can put you guys and give you guys in order to have access, but it's going to still allow us to have context and give you guys much more context and that we've gotten in, in the last, I don't know, when was the last time we were able to consistently watch practices, guys, at FSU? I was a year ago. Well, that was only for like three days. Um, but I'm saying before, before this era, before this regime, I've Bobby never been Bowden. able to. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a minute. So let's enjoy what we got. Uh, any other context or, or things you want to remind folks of, like as they're reading practice reports, Chris, like I would say, um, you know, when well, someone, do, someone does something you, well, someone does something poorly. Right? Yeah, exactly. You use that line on a message board. Yeah. They, when it's the same team playing against each other, if someone has a great play, Somebody else probably didn't make the play or have a good play. So you got to always remember that. And, you know, it's practice. There are so many guys that have been practice All-Americans over the years who don't show up on Saturdays. And then there's other guys who are kind of up and down players in practice who are great players on game day. So always take it with a grain of salt. Try to paint a whole picture with it. Don't fall in love with the single picture, the single still, or the short video clip. Fall in love with the grand total of what you've learned about that player. Remember, like coaches, professionals, people who've been in the industry for decades uh, can have a hard time judging their team when it's the same team practicing three, four yeah, weeks. And Joshua Kendo was dominant for weeks. And he probably was. We heard, I mean, it wasn't just the coaches talking about it on record. We were hearing about it off record too. People who were in there watching it, like he's dominating. But again, there's context to that, that that's needed. Is he doing that because the offensive tackles are just struggling so much? And, and it turns out that was probably part of it. So... Yeah. Any advice for me, Christopher, uh, before uh, before we go on how to cover cover this? Wear, wear sunscreen, drink plenty of water, take your vitamins. We're going to be... Eight, eight hours of sleep. We're going to be in the dick. It's fine. I don't think oh, sun's going to be an issue. Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Oh, I can't take you anywhere. You're going to be up on the dick watching... Uh, no, watching somebody's TV. kid in the car is now yelling at their parents. No, the Dick Hauser Stadium. There we go. Good job. Good job. Use all the words available at your disposal. 
I'll see you guys at the dick. Hey, Josh, buy or Sinone five-star review. Sinone it. season is in full swing which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every weekday as we recap every player from every game we'll talk waiver wire ads drops players to trade for prospects who could make an impact and everything in between make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found